Welcome to the Ad Proficiency Podcast, presented by NerdJam.net. Whether you're a new player or veteran dungeon master, we're here to help you add depth to your game. Today on Ad Proficiency, we're deep diving the alchemist supplies to see how we can make the most of them. Let's go ahead and just jump right in. How do you feel about the alchemist supplies? It's very versatile. There's a lot of really good items you can make with these alchemist tools. What would you say falls within the scope of alchemist supplies? So I would say any of the dusts that have cool effects in the game, potions, and filters. Okay, okay. In general, I would say that Alchemist Supplies covers chemical sorts of things or transmutive. Because having watched Full Metal Alchemist before I played D&D, I was like, okay, this is what alchemy is, right? It's like this kind of magical conversion thing, which like is basically transmutive magic. I think is super cool and has a lot to bring to D&D. However, the Alchemist Supplies as a chemistry set is also super cool and has a lot to bring to D&D. So I kind of want to cover both of those. In general, I feel like this is kind of your special ops toolkit. There was a lot of really, really cool stuff that we're going to cover that you can do with just chemical interactions and making the most of those. So to get us kicked off, what would you say are the functions? Like what's some of the different stuff you can do with the Alchemist Supplies? Well, you can make bombs a la Alchemist Fire and acid to get yourself out of sticky situations. There's all kinds of uses for this. Yeah, I think those apply very strongly to the chemical side of alchemy, which we can go ahead and cover first before we jump into what transmutive alchemy would look like. Okay. As far as chemical alchemy goes, I think one of the best uses of it is going to be use of acid, like you mentioned, or corrosive substances. One of my players used a light acid wash to dissolve traces of blood at a murder scene. So basically... She was a new player, right, who had just killed a ton of people. So they're in that new player problem where they're like, oh, my God, there's actual consequences to this. Oh, yeah. And they're like, what do I do with all this blood everywhere, you know? And um, she had proficiency in the alchemist tools. And so she was like, can I use my alchemist tools somehow to get rid of this? And I was like, for me personally, and we'll get into this more when we cover what the actual components listed in Xanathar's Guide to Everything are. Yeah. But I like an open-ended toolkit where you're just like, this kit has alchemy-related stuff, and you can just <laughs> yeah. pull out, you know, what you need. So she was like, yeah, I want to use a light acid wash to sort of eat away the blood that's left of this. And a high roll, I was like, okay, you removed the blood, and then you, like, managed to soak up the acid before it does any damage to the wood. But then she rolled a low roll later on, I was like, okay, well, like, you got the blood away, but now there's, like, horrible acid scarring on this wood, and someone's gonna notice that there's something kind of janky about this wood, and she just had to roll with that. But I thought it was a great use of it. So the use of acid is an excellent use. The creation of healing potions, poultices, etc. How do you feel about the alchemist kit for healing things? So if we're talking, strictly speaking, in the game, it defines the herbalist kit as the healer's kit, basically. That's what lets you make your healing potions. Strictly speaking, it, it kind of does define it that way. Does it say that? Does it say that, like, you need it? The healer, the, the, the herbalist kit is what you use to make healing potions and antitoxin, as opposed to, like, the, the alchemist kit being used to make a potion of fire breath or growth, that kind of thing. Okay, very interesting. We'll get to the herbalism kit in one of the application kits podcasts. I sort of reskinned it for my game because I never found an herbalism kit system that didn't feel to me like it was just an alchemist supplies system. Just like you're making a consumable item, which I kind of felt like the alchemist supplies are there to create stuff. And so like 
in my game the herbalism kit is used for foraging and that sort of thing and that's why we'll kind of talk about it then but i love that you have that opinion because that means we can sort of like really dive into the herbalism kit then because i am pretty excited to like sort of see what our differing opinions are and i think to your credit the the player's handbook i think actually says you have to have an herbalism kit to make potions of healing so you know we'll get to that <laughs> but yeah so aside from the herbalism kit when it comes to healing with the alchemist supplies, how do you feel about that? Should healing be left out of the alchemist supplies? Yes. Why? Again, because the herbalism kit strictly says that you have to have that proficiency in it to make potion of uh, healing potions you of healing. You are my rules as written man, no doubt. Okay. I there mean, you we, have it. we we've we're we're both kind of rules as written every so often. It depends on the situation, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like in this particular case, one kit defines what it can do, and it says that you know you have to have the proficiency in it to make this. Okay, that's the only re- that's really the only thing I'm getting at. I, I'll get into it a little bit more yeah. when I get into like the magical side cool. of transmutive alchemy. But I do feel like there's some potential here for healing, and I even feel like there's a little bit of overlap with the poisoner's kit as far as this goes. But we'll get into that later. Other things to use the chemical side of alchemist supplies for the bottling, manipulation, and production production of unusual substances and we're talking about chemicals which eat through metal adhesives or epoxies if you don't know an epoxy is like an industrial strength glue the current epoxy max weight is about 6,000 pounds per square inch that's enough to super glue someone's suit of armor to the side of an airplane and carry them into another state The crazy stuff you can get up to with 6,000 pound per square inch adhesives. There's a lot of potential in D&D. In addition to that, greases and lubricants. Making all kind of slippery, slimy stuff. Maybe something you throw on the floor and people like slip in. I'm thinking of like the grease spell. Yes, you can make it magically, but like why can't you make it scientifically as well, right? Uh, Um, Also, real quick to throw back in there with the uh, adhesive stuff. So you're kind of talking about a Tanglefoot bag almost. You think you would be able to make that with an alchemist A Tanglefoot bag, yeah, from the first unearthed arcana alchemist yeah i mean a lot of the things that you get that we're going to talk about with the alchemy toolkit kind of fall into the alchemist subclass in the artificer i feel a Mm -hmm. bit i feel like the artificer class in general is like your toolkit guy there's a scene in the first Ant-Man where Ant-Man actually freezes a vault door off of its hinges. And I feel like the sort of things you would almost do with like evocation magic and like bringing in like heat or cold or lightning, that sort of thing, you could reproduce almost scientifically. Sort of the way Princess Bubblegum kind of reproduces magical effects using super science. Yeah. <laughs> I do love Adventure Time. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Something I'm really excited to talk about. Incendiaries and Demolitions. So while you might think, oh, a demolitions, you know, isn't that just like a stick of TNT, you know, whatever? No, actually, it has a lot to do with chemistry. So incendiaries, these are things that like burn, basically, right? Absolutely. Gelled incendiaries, which are like salves that burn when lit, can be applied to surfaces. This is going to be things like gasoline mixed with soap that you can just like smear on like the wall of a wooden building and the building will just like like go up in flame, you know? Thermite, which is nine parts iron oxide to two parts magnesium shavings, basically becomes molten self-oxidized iron and it can burn through steel. Like to the extent like you put it on the hood of a car, it'll burn through that engine block into the ground. How crazy is that? It could also be used to weld metal 
So you could use your alchemist supplies to weld metals to some extent because this form of metal welding is very, you'd probably be better off with smith's tools or maybe tinkerer's tools depending on how far along in that you are. Also, slow chemical reactions means delayed ignitions or detonations. So if you're like, I want to set up an explosive here, but I don't want it to go off for 15 minutes, there are ways where you can like mix chemicals in a jar to where they won't reach an explosive or a volatile point until like five, 10 minutes down the way. And then it goes off and by that point you're long gone. So when it comes to explosives, as opposed to like incendiaries, we're talking about things like access and like plastic explosives are just a chemical compound that gets detonated and it can be made pretty simply. I feel like this is one of those things that, especially in D&D, James Bond has like in one of the movies, a hidden slot in his shoe where he's got like a little white wad of plastic explosives. And that's the sort of thing that you can like sneak into a jail cell and blow the lock and get yourself out of there or something like that. You can use these explosives as weapons in different ways. You could set a trap where you're like planting a bomb in someone's torch or under a fresh corpse to where they turn it over and it goes off. You can use them as deterrents. You can plant a pipe in a hillside and basically fire it off as a cannon because it's like there's only one way for it to go because it's in the side of a hill, right? Or tripwires, which are great. We just saw in 1917, a war movie that came out in which a tripwire was used effectively after enemy forces had been channeled a certain direction. The tripwire was used to collapse tunnels on top of them. Or just good old fashioned lobbed weapons, man. Just throw your TNT at somebody. Absolutely. Blow somebody up. Alchemist fire. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, there's, of course, you know, good guy stuff you can do with explosives. <laughs> Recreation, be Gandalf, you know, make your crazy fireworks. Everybody loves that. Hobbit children in particular. Thank you for appealing to me. I appreciate you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Here's something really cool. There's a thing called silent demolitions. You create a hole in a structure's weak point and fill it with a rapidly expanding substance that destroys integrity and causes predictable cracks. So basically the way this stuff works is you drill a bunch of holes along like a certain way and then it cracks along that. But when it comes to like things like castles, you may not really even need to like predict where it goes. Just blow up the whole damn wall, right? So you just drill a hole in it, fill it with an expanding chemical and the demolition caused by this chemical is very quiet. There's no like explosion to it. It just cracks and crumbles and suddenly like collapses, right? And there's a low impact to the surroundings. It doesn't blow up everything around there so it's harder to notice like what exactly happened and especially in like a medieval setting most people don't even know about this so like your dm's gonna be like oh all the town guards have no freaking clue what happened to this wall because they've never heard of a substance that like destroys integrity but this stuff is called buster expansive grout buster with an ar at the end it claims to deliver a maximum of 7,000 tons of expansive stress, and that can be used to destroy rock or concrete. 7,000 tons. That's a lot. That is a castle wall collapsed, dude. Right? And, th and that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. You can use alchemist supplies to do really crazy things as opposed to like just these like mundane like, oh yeah, I craft an alchemist fire in my spare time, which is cool, don't get me wrong. Alchemist fire is awesome, but there's there's so much more that we can do with this. I mean, absolutely, but I feel like this is getting a little bit into homebrew type mechanics. Uh, just Well, to a certain extent. To an extent. To a certain extent, this is all homebrew. Yeah. Because the thing about open-endedness is there's nothing there. You know, we can Touché. do whatever we want to do with it. And so one of the reasons that we're talking about toolkits is I'm just not seeing 
seeing this used the way they could be used. And I want other people to just like think about toolkits this way. So they can be like, this is all the crazy stuff we can do with them. So having talked about the chemical side, let's take a look at transmutive or like magical alchemy. This is that kind of full metal alchemist flavor I was talking about before. How do you feel about the alchemist supplies as a magical toolkit? Well, I'm not, I don't know if necessarily it would apply to like transmuting of materials, you know, lead to gold, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I could see possibly like definitely using like the chemistry side to make things, but Mm -hmm. like, I guess making potions and these like dusts and that kind of thing, like dust of disappearance or whatever, Mm -hmm. that is kind of magical. So it does create magical effects in a sense Mm -hmm. with like the crunchy mechanical items that I feel you can make with this. Mm -hmm. The components and we'll get to the components later, but they give you like a pouch of common alchemical ingredients, including salt, powdered iron and purified water, which sounds like yes, chemistry related, but it also kind of vaguely sounds like they're kind of encouraging you to like make a circle of salt, you know, and then like light candles in these four corners or something like that. You know, that kind oh, of like doesn't other it, uh, like come with burners and that kind of thing that's and the thing, we'll get to it. It's like you could look at this exclusively as just a chemistry set. Except it sort of has a weird overlap as far as chemistry goes with the poisoner's kit, which we will get to later on in this podcast so you're basically saying as far as transmutive alchemy goes that's more homebrew you're kind of eh on yeah it, not so because much. there there's actual spells that do that i mean i guess if you're going for a kind of a grand project for the lead to gold type thing i might be more inclined to agree with that that it takes a long intensive study and it's a long process and it's not just an instantaneous i pour this thing on this lump of lead and suddenly it's gold done mm-hmm I guess for me, it just evokes a sort of fantastical sense of the sort of magic that converts iron to gold or something like that, or the sort of like superstitious kind of concepts. So let me just throw this out there. Absolutely. When it comes to transmutive alchemy, I'm thinking of things like substance conversion. This is going to greatly, greatly, greatly affect the setting that you're working in, right? This is going to completely change the economy. If the economy is gold-based, but you can make gold out of iron, that is tremendous. That means gold is suddenly, like, easy to find. Or, like, say you could, like, convert copper up the chain all the way to, like, diamonds, right? Are diamonds still valuable if they're so easy to get to? Or maybe if having this level of transmutive alchemy, being able to convert these substances, is an extremely difficult thing to do, then you can say that having this level in this toolkit is extremely valuable while the rarity of this like high tier item is still maintained. But that's going to create an entire economy in that setting in which people are like training. My father was an alchemist in this regard. So I grew up surrounded by, you know, bubbling vials and chicken blood and salt and purified iron and that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, Another big thing I really want to see alchemy used for is potionizing monster properties. We talked a little bit about basilisk eyes and using basilisk eyes to try and extract some sort of petrifying property. I want to see my players plucking out the eyeballs of monsters to try and get dark vision from them. Or, you know, if there's like a fire lizard, I want them cutting out that gland to try and like make a fire breath potion out of that. Have you watched the Netflix animated series, The Dragon Prince? I have watched the first episode. So basically the human's magic in that world used 
uses animal parts to achieve magic. Basically, they take the eye of a basilisk mm -hmm. and use it to cast turn to stone, that kind of thing, or mm -hmm. the heart of a phoenix for a giant fire spell, that kind of crazy shit. In my own game, I talked about how the flesh of animals, if you hunt an animal, you can use that meat to convert it into healing potions, and that was a way to sort of provide healing potions to a party that had no healers. But at the same time, I wove that into the lore and later had a hag who was using pigs that were fed human flesh to create better potions and then gave the party the option of either working with this hag or doing something about that. So there's room to like work that sort of flavor into your setting and actually do something with it. I, I would really like to see players say like, this is a really cool monster that we came across. What is that? I want to know more about that. What's this weird slime on the wall? Let me, let me bottle some of that up so I can study it later and make something cool out of it. Maybe I can put it on my weapon. Maybe I can like make some sort of potion that like maybe makes me sweat and makes my sweat slimy or something like that. Something really cool. Yeah. So that's all well and good. Let's talk about roleplay and social projects. How can you bring being good in alchemist supplies into your roleplay and do things that affect the area around you? Well, you can set yourself up to sell these creations of yours just to make yourself money and to benefit the town around you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can see you being like a potion master, a witch, or a midwife. This sort of tiptoes into Poisoner's Kit a little bit for reasons we'll get into then. But I feel like you could invent modern fertilizer, which would just like blow peasant minds, right? Yeah. Like, holy crap. What is this? What is this gold that Magically doubles makes our... how much money we make every year and feeds our family? Yeah. You know, I feel like you can make money with the alchemist supplies by being a healer. You could supply items or rare reagents, especially if you can transmute shit. You can provide really hard to find reagents. And there's so many great, <laughs> I, I say great, there's so many amazing crime applications <laughs> to the alchemist supplies. Um, infiltration, exfiltration, getting in and out, removal of evidence, like I talked about the player trying to like destroy blood. Think of boondock saints when they're spraying ammonia all over their blood. Oh, yeah. And so then, can be identified. And then yeah. the cops are like, holy crap, like there's ammonia, like all this evidence is ruined. And they yeah. were so pissed. That's the great kind of storytelling you can bring to your game by being a player who engages in that. Uh, any other role play or social projects you want to cover? I feel like you can uh, use this alchemist to make some kind of grand apparatus or, you know, grand healing device or something of that nature. Oh, yeah, like, like a like a Goldberg machine that ends up doing some crazy kind of... Uh, yeah, uh, a Rube Goldberg machine, yeah, that that's... I feel like, yes, you can use it for that, but, like, <laughs> no, something actually, like, an automated potion dispenser that someone could use, that kind of thing. Yeah, one of those Bioshock vending machines. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something of that nature, you know, or an on-demand, I guess that delves more into engineering and stuff like that. Sorry. I feel like no. alchemy also kind of, kind of gets a little bit into engineering uh, in a sense, but there's also Smith's tools and, but sorry. There, there's a certain point when like they all kind of start to overlap. Can tinkers yeah. make their own metal objects or do they have to go find a smith for that? it's that kind of thing like yeah. we can get into all that when we get to it yeah but, but no like there's so so much you can do with alchemist supplies yes they look like a basic chemistry set if that's how you want to think of them actually there's a there's a ton you can do but like 
don't think this is a little science kit where like I can make some crappy player's handbook items and there's nothing else I can do with this. No, you can you can do so much. Collapse a castle, be a one-man army, be that super soldier who's like making explosives and sneaks in, destroys the castle wall, sets all the buildings on fire undetected, like so much, dude. You can be such a badass if you really play at the like an artificer with the alchemist supplies could be a monster, a terror. Getting back and even specializing with the alchemist where you can get three to four toolkit proficiencies is just like you get your alchemist kit and then let's say your tinkerer's kit and poisoners and what have you. Using the various toolkits together can make something amazing. Absolutely. So let's get into potential artisan projects. These are master level, like, let's call this a mythical level, right? When it comes to mythic level alchemist supplies, I'm thinking things like capturing powerful effects within potions, right? Like high level spell effects. Chain lightning in a bottle. Chain lightning in a bottle. That's what I'm saying. Like you chug this potion and then just like explode. Fire breath or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, there is a there is a potion of fire breath already, so that's what I'm saying. Like you can you can reach this level where you're just like making these sorts of things. Maybe you go from regular potion of fire breath to like ancient dragon level, mm-hmm. like some improve the improve a potion that's already in existence. Yeah, would be an artisan level project. I or, feel, or maybe you can create rare substances that are sought out by otherworldly entities. In Hercules, uh, Disney's Hercules, they make that draft of mortality. And they give it to Hercules and he's like, they've got to drink every last drop in order for it to affect him. But like, think of how much a demon or a fiend, if you were capable of making a draft that turns a god into a mortal, how like that demon might go out of their way to seek you out and like steal something like this from you or just contract you. If it's maybe a devil, they would might, they like might contract you to do such a thing or philosopher stones. And I'm thinking of like WoW, for instance, like World of Warcraft. We all love WoW. Absolutely. Magical artifacts that can increase one's capability. In World of Warcraft, alchemy does have a sort of chemical slash magical. And I guess that's probably where I'm looking at alchemy. Mm -hmm. Uh, In World of Warcraft, the Philosopher's Stone is just an object that you create that allows you to engage in transmutation. Yes, And so I can see how alchemy, while it might have this chemical side, could also be used to create these exceedingly rare substances, especially if you give it a little bit of like a semi-science, semi-magical flavor to transmute, uh, could create these like crazy items that interact with magic in really unusual ways. So there's room for, I feel, the alchemist supplies to have a sort of magical flavor, but that's going to be up to your DM. And I will also say that in WoW, they do have a system for specialization. You choose either potion making or your transmutation oh, specialization. Really? Oh, wow. I didn't and know if you choose your, uh, if you choose like the potion, then you get a chance to make extra potions every time you make one. Like, you'll make, oh, you know, cool. like four instead of just one. That's or what, Okay, so there you encha- go. With the transmutation, same thing. You get the chance to make extras. So as a DM, if you have a player who's like looking to really engage in their toolkit, Maybe you can say like, hey, here are some benefits that you can have that amplify your ability to engage with this toolkit. Another really cool thing I think you could do with artisan level projects is create substances that can't normally exist, like liquid electricity, a putty of aging. How crazy would that be, dude? If you had like a putty that you just stuck on an object and it just aged like 2000 years or frozen flame. Maybe it's like this beautiful crystal that an archfey would be delighted to have, that sort of thing. 
Anything you want to add to artisan level projects? I think I already threw out like vastly improving the capability of an already existing potion, you know, like, I feel like that's a crazy good artisan level project is just trying to refine a particular potion into something more powerful. Yeah. Chemical refinement. Yeah. Property isolation, that sort of thing. Absolutely. All alchemist supplies. So let's take a look, crank down our homebrew perspectives. Let's take a look at what Xanathar's Guide to Everything has to offer us in terms of toolkits. Looking at the component list, here's what we've got. Two glass beakers, a metal frame to hold a beaker in place over an open flame, a glass stirring rod, a small mortar and pestle, and a pouch of common alchemical ingredients, including salt, powdered iron, and purified water. So what do you think about this list? Does this stand up to what your thoughts are as far yeah, as alchemy goes? I mean, to me, that sounds like a chemistry set. You're basically trying to make something right there in that vial that you mm-hmm. can then use, which, you know, potions, what have you. Mm-hmm. When I think of the bubbling alchemical tools, I think of Elder Scrolls alchemy. For me, what kind of stands out about these components is that there's no torch or fire starter and there's not more vials. You have like, yes, glass beakers that you can use, but there's no lid to a beaker. So like, where are the vials? Where are the, how do you bottle your stuff? Aren't there glass vials available in adventuring gear for like 10 copper or something like that? You can, I guess. I guess that's what they want you to do is they want you to buy it. You, you get, but this is your, this is that. what you mix in because it has the beakers and then you buy the vials to put your potions into after you've mixed. But doesn't it seem just a teensy bit strange that they give you this item to hold something over a flame, but they don't give you anything to start a fire. I well, think this I mean, might be because they expect you to get it in your adventuring gear. You get a flint and tinder in your adventuring gear. So, I mean, it's Generally, there. Yeah. yeah. I think it depends. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have I, to be more I thought that was. I gear. thought that was in basic adventuring gear. Is it just all adventuring gear? Like if you Is get less scholars tools i don't know no i i don't know but you I mean, might be right that know, could be why that is flint and tinder super easy to buy too it's fairly cheap i want to say like 50 copper something like that yeah and we talked about the first unearthed arcana artificer having stuff we liked it had a component pouch for any and all quote-unquote like alchemical components so you reach into your bag you pull out what you need is there anything you want to add to that component list that you feel should be in there that isn't there well, it talks about common alchemical ingredients. I feel like gathering specific alchemical ingredients for certain effects would be kind of a downtime activity that you can have your player oh, do. Oh, yeah, dude. Gathering reagents like that is just something you could make whole stories out of. As, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that aside, what would you say legendary components look like? We're talking about your guy down the street made one of these mortars and pestles versus the god of alchemy's mortar and pestle. What sort of things do you feel a legendary component should be able to do when it comes to the alchemist supplies so you're talking about like pieces of the alchemy kit being legendary or yeah i'm saying pieces of the toolkit being legendary in their own right what are some things a legendary mortar and pestle should be able to do I mean, let's say, let's just say, really, if it's a mortar and pestle of the god, as you use it, it would probably generate whatever substance you had in your thoughts. Ooh, I like that. Okay. So it just mashes whatever. So yeah, like it doesn't even like mash anything, but as you like use the mortar and pestle, it creates it as like a, that would be like a neat legendary thing for like a god level item. That's cool. I was thinking about that mechanic you talked about earlier. Every potion you make has like an extra amount of that. Oh yeah. So I can imagine like a mortar where like you drop a little bit of an ingredient into that and you get like multiplies. five times yeah multiplies in the bowl it fills the bowl with that yeah and like as you turn it or like maybe maybe a mortar and pestle that can handle ingredients that aren't normal 
like let so diamond can, or iron or something like that. that like sunlight and darkness and the yeah. stuff of dreams you just mash it into a poultice that creates like some sort of like idea substance you know yeah. what i'm talking about like metaphysical so alchemy basically using your using your god level mortar and pestle to create a magical sort of aura or substance yeah, or maybe you like maybe what this particular component does is it boils everything down to its purest form. Maybe dropping somebody's hair into this mortar and pestle strips away all their humanity to just the essence of who somebody is, and that's what you're mixing into like a potion instead of like a physical hair. That's the sort of legendary sort of components we're talking about. You can do crazy, crazy stuff. And mind you, this isn't something your DM's just like, oh yeah. You fucking like walk down the road and get one of these, you know? Yeah. No, this is like you go on a quest followed by another quest and another quest. And you're competing with people who are like also trying to locate this like legendary item that was lost thousands of years ago or, you know, that sort of thing. You make it a big deal. How do you feel about legendary ingredients as well? Dude, Like same to thing. make some kind of crazy permanent effect, that kind of thing. Same thing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Maybe you make a potion that can only be made once. Not get a, once by you, once ever. Let's say you get a wish or something out of it, that kind of thing. Like That's what I'm saying. Or like a potion that amplifies your wish by like 10,000. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Something that changes time because you've mashed the laws of the universe into a potion. You know, that sort of thing. That sort of crazy imaginative kind of stuff. Moving out of this, like, imaginative stuff, back to Xanathar's. The functions that Xanathar's Guide to Everything gives us for the alchemist supplies are that you can create a puff of thick smoke, identify a poison, which, like, okay, okay, I feel kind of weird about that, but, like, okay, you can recognize something as, like, oh, I know enough about chemistry to know this is harmful, I guess. Identify a substance, search for the presence of chemicals, of course, start a fire, neutralize acid. Those are, like, our official rules as written. This is what they gave us stuff, right? Okay. When it comes to alchemist supplies overall, how do you feel about these? I feel that they can be used for a lot more than just what Xanathar's has in the book. It really depends on what you think of in the realm of possibility. Oh, yeah. Dude, this is D&D. We're talking about gods and clashes of epic proportions. Why just say you have proficiency in this and give us nothing? You can do so much with this. And this is the first toolkit. We're going to dive into so much for you guys. Okay, overall, what are some sample items we can make with the Alchemist supplies? We've got Dust of Disappearance and basically some stuff under like 250 gold. Nothing too, too big unless it's something you'd really work sure. on for a long Still time. Still a wide list, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, we've got like a Dust of Disappearance, Dust of Dryness, Dust of Sneezing and Choking. Going into what you were talking about earlier, Oil of Slipperiness. It's like a 200 gold item. Filter of love. That'd be Ooh, fun. Game changing. Yeah. I love that thing, man. Some potions now. Potion of animal friendship. Potion of climbing. Potion of fire breath. Potion of hill giant strength. Potion of growth. Potion of resistance. And then potion of water breathing. Okay. So just a few items here, but clearly there's a lot we can do, right? Yeah. Something I like to do, if you haven't ever bothered to just Google potion tables, 
Google can bring you all sorts of awesome stuff. There's a D100 table that was posted on Reddit that I find myself using all the time. It's got all kinds of awesome benefits. Highly recommend just Googling, seeing what's out there for you. So let's talk themes. What would you say are the themes or like the essence of the Alchemist supplies? I feel like the real essence of Alchemy supplies is almost like super science, creating fantastical chemical things mastery of chemicals yeah that kind of thing yeah. yeah sort of being able to do anything with super science kind of character yeah especially how we talked about like spell replications absolutely like asserting control over the natural world and using the things in the world around you to create a fantastic effect in a liquid form mm -hmm. yeah basically being able to conquer the universe around you like you said yeah there's kind of an interesting way you can interpret that too, because if you wanted to go like a chaos versus law sort of perspective on it, you could say that one of the themes of alchemy is the mastery of change. If you wanted to be chaotic, you'd be like, oh yeah, I use fucking chemicals to convert substances, cause all kinds of mayhem, cause explosions, create incendiaries, that kind of thing. Or you could approach it from the opposite perspective and be like, there is an order to all of this chaos, and that order is chemistry. And through chemistry, I implement order by controlling how things are changed. You know, yeah. essentially through science, I control how change occurs. Yeah. Basically. So in that sense, I am creating order. So if you wanted to be like, oh, I am a lawful sort of alchemist, this is how I interpret it. Or I am a chaotic sort of alchemist, this is how I interpret it. There are both ways you could go with that. The creation and mastery of matter in general, I feel there's room to sort of like zoom in on that aspect of alchemy. There's almost a sort of sense of godlike capability in being like the uber super science super chemist sort of character that can turn lead to gold or create all these crazy substances that do all kinds of different things, you know? I, I just feel like there's personality themes you could roll with as far as how your mastery of alchemy has affected you as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the whole scientist playing God thing. Yeah. I figure if you're really good at alchemy, that would have a certain effect on your personality and the way you interact with people and just the world around you in general. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the world around you, if you were like a druid or something like that, I can see how you would take the alchemist supplies to be like, oh, this represents the connection between all things. I use my mastery of chemicals and my mastery of science to complement my sort of like almost like true neutral. Like it's just the way the world is. Your primeval understanding of the world as well. Right, right. So it's not like I am God, I am this creator or I am this master of change or I am this master of science. Yeah. It's no, this is just I'm just using the science that exists naturally. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. I really like that flavor a lot, especially if you wanted to be like I'm a neutral character. Uh, yeah, like you have this primeval understanding of the world and this science is the way it works, is the laws of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The universe like wasn't created by me. Yeah. I just know how to use it. This is the way it is before me and this is the way it'll be after me. Absolutely. And then like the last flavor or like particular theme that stood out to me as far as alchemy goes is the concept of refinement and isolation. The scientist that's like, for me, what this is about is stripping away all of the impurities until I get to the very core of what something is. And for me, that's the beauty of alchemy is I am that scientist that I say like, oh, you know, this substance is all of these different things. Let me distill it down to its purest essence and isolate this property or something like that. 
like that. So in that sense, alchemy represents a sort of ability to refine what is natural in the world and make it your own thing. It's refinement rather than creation, but it is a way of imposing your will on the natural world. So yeah, anything else you want to add to alchemy themes? No, I think that... There's a lot of creative... Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. You can take the sort of ideas that go into the alchemist supplies and go anywhere you want with your character and your roleplay. But there's lots of room here to be like, oh, I am a god figure. I'm not a god figure. I'm just a humble scientist. Or I'm just a person who existed in the world and who doesn't really matter. And it's not about me. It's about the science, you know? So you could really be whatever kind of character you want to be. There's a lot of room here with the alchemist supplies to jump whichever direction you like. Absolutely. In general, I feel that the alchemist supplies are one of the most applicable tool sets. Having the ability to work with chemicals, just like, quote, work with chemicals, gives you so much. So much. The book's not going to tell you what it is. You have to use your imagination. But, like, holy crap. Do some research. You can do crazy things with them. Demolitions, replicating evocation spells, adhesive, unusual substances, acids, magical applications, all kinds of awesome, amazing stuff. Anything else you want to add to alchemist supplies just in general? No, I feel like we've spent a good bit of time on that. That's going to be it for alchemist supplies. Join us next time on Ad Proficiency when we deep dive the cook's utensils and take a look at how to make the most of them. Love Eddie, myself, or possibly both? Want more ad proficiency in your life? Give us a like and follow our playlist to stay up to date with the latest ad proficiency content and enhance your D&D. Hungry for more? I want more! Check out Real Mana Has Curves for Magic the Gathering draft reports, live streams, and ranked play. For live premium content premieres, beer chugging, and guitar shredding, check out our live broadcasts of Nerd Jam Now every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central on Facebook.com slash Nerd Jam TV.